Hey good girls, it's Alex. Unfortunately, Jenna couldn't join us for today's episode, but thankfully we do have an amazing guest here. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi everybody, thank you so much for having me. My name is T Harlow and um, you all can find me uh, a lot of different places. Uh, T Harlow, T-E-E-H-A-R-L-O-W-E. Um, that's my handle on Instagram, TikTok, and then my website is www.tharlow.com. And I write uh, fantasy romance. Yes, you do. And can you tell us the name of your newest release? Yes. So my new release, Mirror of Malice, um, I guess by the time you guys are hearing this, it will have released on January 24th. Mm-hmm. And so this is not your first book this which I thought it was that was my yeah. thing um so you've actually written in a whole different genre beforehand can you please tell us what that is yes so I have released a series a five book series in paranormal women's fiction um which is um kind of like a contemporary fantasy genre and it is focused on um women in their midlives who are the heroes of the story who are like the chosen ones who get to save everyone so it's a really fun genre definitely a bit smaller and not as well known as fantasy romance but um yeah it, it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of humor a lot of sass a lot of snark and a lot of magic so <laughs> uh that's that's amazing um that's obviously I'm not the key target or I'm not the target audience. Yeah. But from your writing in this most recent book that I thankfully got the arc for. Thank you so much. I appreciate it though. Um, I I really love your writing. <laughs> it's really Thank funny. You. It's, it's very fun and it's very much so easy to just get lost in it. So thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> of course. And if you don't mind me asking, what ended up getting you into writing? So I'm like one of those, I feel like one of the cliches, and I've just been writing my whole life. And um, growing up, I didn't know what kind of writer I wanted to be. I tried a little bit of everything. I tried journalism and like magazine writing and short stories, everything. Um, And then I ended up going to college and I got my BA in screenwriting and was trying to break into Hollywood, which did not go well. <laughs> and um, I was I was like another cliche. I was like one of those people living in LA trying to make it in Hollywood, like interning by day, waitressing by night, living in like a super tiny, crappy apartment um, with a bunch of other people. And I hated it. Um, so yeah, I gave up pretty quick. I was like 21 or 22 and I was like, I can't do this. I want like money. I want to have my own bedroom and my own bathroom. And so, um, everyone in my family was a teacher and I didn't really know what else to do. So I was like, I'll just go into teaching. So, you know, that's stable. I can have a career out of that. And so, um, yeah, that's what I did. I went into teaching and I traveled, for quite a while and taught in like international schools around the world and things like that. Um, and then I met my husband and he read one of my screenplays that I wrote in college. And he was like, you, this is amazing. Like, this is what you were meant to do. You need to do this. You shouldn't be teaching, you know? And I was like, well, yeah, but like, I didn't make it. Like I, I can, you know, he's like, well, you should turn the screenplay into a book. And I was like a book. Like, I don't, I don't know how to write books. That's, you know, that's not something I can do, but his words kind of just kept coming back to me. And I was like, Oh, okay, maybe I can do this. So, um, yeah, actually that screenplay eventually years. I mean, this was seven or eight years ago that he said this, um, it, it eventually became mirror of malice, but, um, (laughs) but it, but it went through like many different versions before it became like what it is now that makes sense that makes (laughs) a lot of sense honestly with your background and everything that makes so much sense because I was literally I was having an in-depth conversation I was having an in-depth conversation with Jenna about this and I was like the amount of symbolism without the book and it not like directly saying because I feel like that's what an issue where people have to directly say like so she felt like a new person type of stuff and mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't have to say it straight out it was very much alluded 
and the character progression and everything just felt so 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 smooth and I was just like uh okay okay we'll talk about this one we'll talk about this one later but <laughs> that makes a lot of sense it genuinely does because I I can see it I can see it I can definitely see it yeah so I mean you were just you were too early for your time so I think that's what it was you were too yeah. early because <laughs> exactly. I I genuinely think that this book will see some success because I absolutely like Oh my gosh, thank you. I, I really, really loved it. And I'm not just saying that because you're here, because I would not say that. I genuinely loved it. No, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, okay, so so would you say you're more of like, okay, so screenplay, are you more of like a movie type of person? Or are you more of like a book person in general? I'm definitely more of a book person, okay. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if, like, the screenplay was like, oh, I want to be a director, movies, I love movies type of thing, or if it was yeah. like, okay, I'm a, I love writing and I love books type of thing. No, yeah, I love books. I mean, I'm so glad I'm here now. Like, screenwriting was really fun, and I think it taught mm-hmm. me a lot about pacing and dialogue, like, learning all of those important things. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I'm I'm so much happier writing books um, than I was with screenplays, so... <laughs> and I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I really am, but I'm happy that you're here now. <laughs> it all worked out. It's all good. <laughs> okay. And so, who would you say are some of like your biggest inspirations? Whether it's books, authors, or if it's you know writers, screenwriters, or yeah. Um, I love just some of my favorite authors are probably my biggest inspirations. I love Lee Bardugo. Um. I love, I, I, the very first fantasy romance author that I, that wasn't called fantasy romance back then, but, um, her name is Juliet Marillier and she wrote the seven water series. And, um, I was like 14 and reading that and it was just so good. And so she's like, just one of my favorites and a big inspiration. Um, just like some auto, some authors that I really admire, um, Emily Henry, she's kind of like an autobi author. <laughs> Taylor Jenkins Reid, I love Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I could probably go on forever. There's so many authors that I love for so many different reasons that like inspire mm-hmm. me, but those are some of my big ones. Mm, okay, okay, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I personally have not read any of those authors, but I've heard a lot of good things about a lot of those authors, especially yeah. Taylor Jenkins, Jenkins Reed or Taylor and... Reed Jenkins. I don't, I, I should know this, <laughs> something, something, but... something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then also Lee, uh, I've heard a lot of, or like, Lee, 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 Lee Bardugo. I think that's how I pronounce yeah. it. I um, I've heard a lot of good things about her books. So I yeah. can, I can definitely see, I can definitely see it. And um, I mean, Sarah J. Mass is up there too, of course. Yeah. I love Sarah J. Mass. And I know the romanticy community is yeah. all about that actor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> absolutely. That's, that's our number one author. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. And so you, you started that you did a lot of like paranormal? Yes. So mm-hmm. I did, just this past year, I did mm-hmm. paranormal women's fiction, which is mm-hmm. like... Um, specifically it's targeted it was a genre that was created in 2020 by this group of women called the fab 13 and basically the whole premise of the genre is that it's catered towards women over 40 and they are the chosen ones so instead of these like 18 year olds being the chosen ones it's women over 40 and they're usually going through like a major life upheaval like they just got a divorce or they you know, got cheated on or something and they're starting over and they discover like magical powers of some sort or something like that. And they find out that they're the chosen ones and they have to save the day. And it's, it's just like, so it's a super funny, like the books are so funny Mm. and cozy and just lighthearted. They're usually not super serious. They're not super epic. Um, But yeah, it was just really fun to write. (laughs) I can only imagine and honestly sounds like it is a lot of fun and I feel like it's it can be very relatable to a lot of people yeah and I think that's what's missing within the community like you had mentioned a lot of the books are catered towards a younger audience or have characters featuring younger um 
younger adults so yeah. it can be kind of like mm, isolating yeah in a way when you're want when you love reading but you're just reading about like oh 20s you know right yeah Christ love type of stuff so right yeah, that that sounds like that sounds fun and I can only imagine how it is because it's like during that time you know you've settled down and you can literally just like live yeah live exactly. so <laughs> that's awesome I love that okay uh and so then what brought you so I know that you wrote Mirror of Malice a while back mm-hmm. ago um so what inspired you to kind of like fully flesh it out into a book yeah uh well like my husband definitely did and so like I the first the main concept of my screenplay was like about a thief who steals a mirror right and mm-hmm. so um like the screenplay was very like catered to Disney because I like I'm obsessed with fairy tales I, <laughs> I grew up loving Disney and so mm-hmm. it was my dream to write for Disney and so that was the screenplay was definitely like not for adults it was like a kind of like a you know like Frozen or like Moana mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that um but I wrote that you know when I was in college and by the time my husband had brought up me turning it into a book I was you know this was like 10 years later um and I was definitely more in like an adult and wanting to see more see the, like a more grown-up version of the screenplay so I wrote it into a book. It was the first book I ever wrote. Um, it was called The Reflection Thief, and um, it was a mess. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it was, like, an epic fantasy. It wasn't really romantic fantasy, but mm-hmm. it, it followed the thief um, who stole this mirror, and it was still, like, a fairy tale retelling and all of that. Um, I ended up shelving it, and then I went on to do just a ton of other things. I, I was on the traditional path for a while, so I got an agent, and all that good stuff Mm -hmm. um and yeah then I when I decided I fantasy romance was always like my first love um Mm -hmm. like I said like I I was reading it before it was ever a genre you know when I was like 13 I was reading these books that were like fantasy romance but that wasn't what it was called um (laughs) and so like I wanted to do fantasy romance because it's, it's always been my favorite thing to read um and so I knew like that screenplay and that story is just so special to me and I knew that's what I wanted to use as Mm -hmm. my fantasy romance I just needed to rework it into Mm -hmm. a fantasy romance and so that's kind of what inspired that whole thing and it came out well and it worked out really well (laughs) (laughs) um so from what you just said you're telling me that there's a version of this book that's not really this book, but sort of this book from Penn's point of view. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to read that. <laughs> I don't I would think I will to. ever, that book will ever see the light of day. It's, um, <laughs> maybe it will one day. We'll see. <laughs> you know, people just eat at POVs. So, you know, you yeah. never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> but that'd be really, that'd be really cool to like l- read just because, um, <clears throat> Lilith, Lil- Lilith, right? I it's hard. Lilith. I need to put Lilith. like a pronunciation. Okay. <laughs> I I need this though. It's not just you. Other people are like, how do I pronounce your name? I'm like, I don't. I need to put a pronunciation. <laughs> okay, Lilith. Okay, so Lilith. Um, her like progression as a character is interesting to read as like in her thoughts. Mm-hmm. But seeing it from Penn's point of view, I think would just make it so much sweeter. <laughs> it would. Um, <laughs> I love Penn. <laughs> he's he's very sweet. He's a very sweet character. Um, but also getting to know Penn too. Yeah. Because we get like little snippets of his like true character throughout the book, and we get it towards the end of the book as well. But being able to like truly grasp him as a character would yeah. be <laughs> the wheels are turning the wheels are turning yes, yes okay. <laughs> I'm glad to I'm glad to you know I just you know I just require just a like to Alex <laughs> right <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> but yes I honestly that's I can see it I love it and <laughs> I would honestly really love to see Penn's like 
backstory and his yeah. point of view just because that'd be amazing to see because he himself is a very interesting man. I'm sorry, my dog's like right here all up in her business. Um, she, sorry, he's he's just a very interesting person and he's very, I don't know. He's a very well thought out character. <laughs> Let me you. just say that. <laughs> and his actions. Actions yeah. speak so much louder in terms of like character for him. His actions speak a lot louder than his words for me. Yes. Personally. Totally. Yeah. Yes. And I, I fell in love with that. <laughs> I absolutely fell in love with that because I feel like it's become very customary to be like, oh, this huge like love type of thing like you need to like say it verbalize and as much as like i'm a you know as much as um language of love like as much as a, as you can be as like a words person like you sometimes need to see action so <coughs> no it totally. was really nice to see that <laughs> I agree. uh okay and so we've been talking a lot about your book so, can you please describe the book to us? Because we've been talking about it, but we never actually talked about it. <laughs> right. So, Mirror of Malice is about um, a princess who's trapped, who's been imprisoned by her stepmother, and she is waiting for her betrothed to come rescue her. Um, but she gets the surprise when it's not her betrothed who comes, but it's the King of Thieves. And he kind of thinks he's rescuing her. She thinks he's kidnapping her. <laughs> um, so she kind of feels like she's traded one prison for another. Like she, he takes her from the prison, um, but she's not super excited about it because she wants to get to her betrothed and then she wants to save her court. That's like her ultimate goal. And mm -hmm. she views the King of Thieves as just like another obstacle to that um but of course they have to kind of work together eventually and um some feelings grow and <laughs> it goes from there <laughs> it takes off it just takes off yeah <laughs> okay and is are you planning to make this a series or is this just like a one-off type of thing it is a series um it's it's a series of standalones though but they're interconnected standalones so there's um like a larger kind of like looming threat that's going to connect all the books together and each book is kind of going to further that threat and mm -hmm. um go into more detail about it but every book is going to feature a different couple and a different kind of mashup of fairy tales okay so on the topic of mashup of fairy tales what would you say that this one is the most like which fairy tale do you feel you put the most into this i mean it was always it was it was always supposed to be snow white like i did not mean to make it a mashup of fairy tales it just kind of happened i mean snow white was like the concept you know and then um pen became like robin hood and i'm like okay well <laughs> and there's a little bit of peter pan thrown in like towards yeah, the end you slowly, know kind yeah. of <laughs> so yeah that's just that was an accident but then like i loved it so much so now i'm kind of like intentionally um doing that moving forward where like i have like the main retelling but then there's kind of like easter eggs of like mm -hmm. other retellings um mm -hmm. slashed in so i don't know it was just fun doing that and it was fun to read it because i'd be like oh this is from this oh this yeah. is from this and i was like oh is this from this so it's <laughs> it's nice to like be able to read the book and like actually understand the inspiration but also see like oh this is from here <laughs> yeah um or also try to decipher it because sometimes those little easter eggs can also be a big part of the story so right you know <laughs> and then so this is a little bit difficult but we like to do a thing with our authors and we like to ask them if you had to describe your book in five words how would you describe it um can i just choose like five different words do they Absolutely. have to like make sense okay no no no, no. <laughs> they can be completely different words they okay. don't have to be interconnected or anything like that so fairy tale uh lush romantic sassy and magical yes yes <laughs> those definitely those definitely sum up the book pretty well okay good <laughs> okay and so you stated in this book that we have two main characters. Mm -hmm. 
so the couple in this book is going to be Liliath and the King of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Can you please go? Can you please give us a little bit more background on them, on specifically the King of Thieves? Yes. So Penn is the King of Thieves. Um, he is very stubborn and broody and headstrong. And <laughs> He definitely like buries himself in work like he lives for what he does and Mm -hmm. at like the expense of everything you know he doesn't like form a lot of close relationships um he doesn't take a lot of time like for himself or to do things that he like enjoys um because he's like very single-minded in Mm -hmm. his goals um and so that's definitely like a huge point of growth for him where he has to and um and I think like He's very selfless, but in some ways he's also selfish, like in his um, pursuit of his goals. So like he has to kind of learn. Um, and that's something that Lilith kind of helps teach him is um, that, you know, that's not going to bring him happiness as just focusing on this one single goal or focusing on his work. Like he does need to like expand a little bit because he's not really like living, you know, <clears throat> So that's like a big thing for him, but he's the king of thieves. He has created an academy of thieves that all work for him and he sends them on jobs all around this continent. Um, He, you know, helps um, kind of support the town where he lives. Um, And yeah, he's like very much kind of like inspired by a Robin Hood type character where he steals from the rich to give to the poor. So. Mm -hmm. And so, it doesn't have to be the two main characters, but who would you say you relate to the most? I I feel like I always end up seeing myself. I don't mean to do it. It's not like something I do on purpose, but then like at the end of the book, I kind of see myself in different characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely... I see myself in like Gabrielle is one of the side characters that gets introduced and she's, it's not shown as much in this book, but like she is very like carefree and wild and adventurous and like wants to explore. And so that's like definitely me, you know, like traveled all around the world that I love exploring and things like that. So like, I like see that side of her and me. And then like with Lilith, um, I feel like, I don't know. She's very, I don't know if I see myself as much in her and the things that she does. I see myself in like a few things, like um, just like her relationship with her best friends and having that like found family. Like I've definitely experienced so much of that Mm -hmm. and always finding like family in different areas that I go where I meet new people and they, you know, it's just that whole idea of found family. Like in college, I experienced that and then traveling around the world. And then also I think just the journey that she went on, like her character growth of like getting out of her bubble and being introduced to new people and new ideas and new concepts. Like I definitely experienced that as, you know, when I got out of my bubble and when I moved and lived in different countries around the world that like really opened up my eyes to new perspectives and experiences. Um, and like, that was something I went through, you know, as an adult. And so I kind of like see myself in Lilith, even though like, again, I didn't mean to write that and like, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't consciously like thinking until <laughs> after until I was going through your questions, really. And then I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I see some, like, commonalities here. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, it's just, like, little pieces of yourself everywhere, basically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of travel. So, this is more for me here. Um, what would you say was your favorite place, your most favorite place that you went to? Um, I lived in Oaxaca, Mexico for a year and Oaxaca was just like my favorite place. Um, I loved it so much, like the food, the people, the scenery, it was just gorgeous. So yeah, I mean, Mexico, specifically Oaxaca Mm -hmm. has my heart. (laughs) Jealous, jealous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, that's one of my goals, um, in general in life is just to visit as many countries as I can. Yes. Um, so you're kind of goals at the moment. Do you know how many, <laughs> do you know how many countries you've been to thus far? I have or? been to 18 so far. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Yeah. She's a traveler. She I is love a traveler. Traveling. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you where okay. Is it kind of just like everywhere or is it like do you have specific continents that you feel like you you've definitely been to a lot more countries in? Well, I I've been all over Europe. So like mm-hmm. that's like the most traveled con- mm-hmm. continent I've been to is Europe. And then I also lived I lived in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania on the eastern coast of Africa and so I traveled around um the eastern coast a bit like I've been to Uganda and um and uh Ethiopia Mm -hmm. and then I lived in Tanzania for uh, about a year um and then I've been all throughout Mexico I've Mm -hmm. been to a lot of different places in Mexico since I lived in Oaxaca for a year I was able to like travel around a bit um, I haven't been to South America, so that's like a huge goal of mine to get to South America. And then I haven't been to Asia, so I really, really want to go. I want to go to like Thailand and um, Vietnam and <clears throat> Japan. I mean, there's so many places. So yeah, yeah. I have a whole bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> if I can just say, Thailand is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. The people are so sweet, and everything's so cheap. Yes. <laughs> I just like her. It's so like cheap. it's expensive getting there, but then once you're there, yeah. it's like really cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But even then, I feel like you can find some pretty good deals on flights. But other yeah. than that, honestly, like it's it's a definite like once I accomplish like my top countries, that's definitely another one that I want to go visit again. Oh my just because it's I'm so jealous. It's I want to so go amazing. so bad. <laughs> it was Thai actually food. I love Thai food. We actually had oh Thai food God. dinner tonight, and I'm like, oh, I want to. I want to the real tell me about it it's so good it's definitely so good and there's definitely a difference um but yeah it's I would highly recommend it it was so yeah. it was so amazing it was definitely a once in a lifetime type of experience yeah yeah okay she's a chuffler okay I love that <laughs> okay and um I I hate to be this person but um who what are some of the tropes in your books? We, we said found family. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say are some other ones? I mean, definitely enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm. Um, one bed. Um, let's see. One room. Yeah. <laughs> one, <bed>. um, <laughs> one forest. <laughs> <laughs> one cave. <laughs> one horse. <laughs> everything. Just one everything. Yeah. <laughs> um why am i blanking on everything slow burn it's slow burn definitely um you have i uh i wouldn't say grumpy sunshine necessarily um maybe it's grumpy grumpy (laughs) they're both kind of (laughs) grumpy um banter lots and lots of banter um like feisty sassy Mm -hmm. i'd say like reluctant hero um because Penn's kind of a reluctant hero. Um, I don't know. I think I had like a whole trope map and then I just am like blanking Blank. now. That <laughs> but I feel like that covers like the It main. did. No, it did. It, it covered. It, it covered quite a few. Yeah. Okay. I, yes. And um, a progression. Character progression. Your character progression is amazing, by the way. Um, you. And your pacing. That was uh, that was honestly one of the, the things that I mentioned in to Jenna. I was like the pacing and the character progression is so beautifully done. I have yet to see someone who can actually like do it without like making it feel like um uh, like dragged out. I guess would be the best way to say it. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. <laughs> uh, and then in regards to your characters, so on a Friday Friday night, what are they doing? Specifically the band of thieves. I feel like on a Friday night, like there's only like really one of two options for them. Like they're either out stealing something or they're like at a at a tavern drinking. And like they're all <laughs> probably doing different things within mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, Hammer is like probably just getting like trashed and then you know (laughs) charming is like hitting on women and trying to get them to go back to his treehouse with them and (laughs) arrow is probably like flirting with men and trying to make charming jealous because i don't know i have like a throwaway thing in there that she has a crush on charming it's like a throwaway line in the book but it's like in my head now and Mm -hmm. i'm like she has a crush even though i never show it i never you know whatever 
Um, okay, I gotta go back. I gotta go back. To it's it. like a really, it's one small throwaway line. It's like <laughs> so easy to miss. Um, yeah, so I feel like that's probably, those are probably the, one of the two possibilities of what they're doing. Okay, I can, I was, that was definitely when I was, when we were writing the question, I was like, she's gonna say the tower. I'm like, it's, it's literally a point like the tower. There to do in that world <laughs> exactly. on a Friday night, you know? Exactly. I was like, it's the tavern. It's the tavern. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so this is a this is a fairy tale retelling, yeah. um, and it is a mesh. So, what would you say growing up was some of your favorite ones, or some of the ones that inspired you the most? So, like, ironically, none of the ones that showed up in this book, but um, my favorite, <laughs> growing, I was obsessed with The Little Mermaid growing up. The Little yes. Mermaid was my absolute favorite. And then Aladdin mm. was probably, like, my second favorite. I loved those two. And then this isn't necessarily a fairy tale retelling, but um, it was made by Disney, and it's a Greek Greek retelling, but I loved Hercules, too. Um, so I don't know. Those were probably like my top ones. Um, like I, Beauty and the Beast, I love reading retellings of that, but, um, like the Disney version of it scared me when I was little. I would always get so scared with the beasts, like screaming and yelling and it just freaked me out. So like that, like, wasn't one of my favorites, even though I feel like that's like the most widely retold story, but yeah. So those are like probably my favorite ones. Like, and I'm talking about the Disney adaptations of them, but <laughs> I feel like those are the most popular retellings of them. Yeah, they are. And a lot of people tend to do the Beauty and the Beast type of thing. Um, so I was honestly really happy to see a Snow White one because <laughs> it's, it's genuinely, it's usually going to be a, um, yeah, it's going to be a, oh my God, why am I blanking out on it already? <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. A Beauty and the Beast retelling, or just yeah. So I'm really glad to have seen a Snow White one, and I'm just like, okay, I'm here for it. I was, you know, <laughs> I feel like there was a moment in time in like the early or the mid like 2010s where Snow White retellings were super duper popular. Yeah, and they made Maybe that was so like with movies. the Kristen Stewart movie, like yes, and her yes. and Chris Hemsworth, mm-hmm. and then um, what's her name also made one. Oh, the really pretty one. Lily Collins? Is that Lily Collins? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. She's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on the topic of that, who would you imagine Lilith as? So, like, what's weird is I did not, I, like, I I have not fan cast her. Like, I fan cast Penn 100%. Like, oh, I have who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Chris Hemsworth meets Henry Cavill. Like, Yes. It's, yes. <laughs> when I was first like imagining him, it was Chris Hemsworth. But then as I was drafting him, I was like, he's so broody and grumpy, like The Witcher. I mean, and when I say Henry Cavill, I mean The Witcher. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't mean any other version. Henry, mm-hmm. just The Witcher. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. Um. But I don't know why. I don't know. People have so like what's been really cool is like my arc readers have made some different like aesthetics and reels and stuff mm-hmm. and like they've chosen such good pictures and videos of Lilith and I don't know who any of like the actresses are or any but like <laughs> they've done a really good job of that but I don't know in my head she just like I could picture her but she wasn't like anyone particular Lily Collins would be really cool though I mean she would be a good one like she I I just that. she's very she's a very broad person I guess would be the best way to say yeah it. so like so if you've seen Emily in Paris she's like very feisty mm-hmm. and so like she's got the sass like she could do it she <laughs> and she she's already done a Snow White thing so she can do it she can do yeah, it yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, okay so then and then also um so Snow White. What specifically about Snow White made you want to, made you want it to be the focus of this book? I think like um, one of my all-time favorite shows is Once Upon a Time. And um, I loved Regina's character um, in Snow White. And I loved, I just love the concept of the mirror. I thought that, I always think like the mirror is so fascinating and just Mm -hmm. like such a cool piece of magic. And so really 
that's what drew me to Snow White the most. Like it, it started with like the mirror, um, just for whatever reason. I just thought that was like, I just think it's a cool magical object. And so I wanted to write a story, you know, centering <laughs> around this mirror. And that's really what it started off as when I like originally wrote the screenplay, you know, however long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't know. And I, I really like the stepmother's character too, because I feel like she has such like a, she could have such a rich backstory versus just being like this villain, but like, you know, you could, I don't know, there's so much to do to go with that. And there's so many places you can go with her. And so Mm -hmm. I know she wasn't as present in my book, but I definitely like imagined a full character for her. You, yes. Yes. So you say that she's not very present, but honestly you gave a lot of background and insight into her as a character yeah. So I felt like I was like, okay, she could like, she could definitely have her own story. Like it was, yeah. it was very much in the back of her mind. Like, oh, okay. She's like, she's a fully fleshed out character. She's not just a 2D villain, you know? Right. So right. it was, it was definitely, I could definitely see it. So. Okay. Yes. If ever, Good. If, yes. So if you ever decide to make it, I'll be like. I'm, I'm just going to be writing all these spinoffs <laughs> after this conversation with you. Just like. That's okay. I'll send you the recording. <laughs> yeah, take note. Uh, okay. And so then I did want to discuss a couple of the themes that you have throughout the book. <clears throat> One of them is duty. Both of, both Penn and Lilith have their own duties and their own um, goals. Mm-hmm. So, how did you adapt such a strong theme into a fairy tale that really doesn't have that in the bare bones of it, basically? Like, what made you decide to put that in there? So, I wanted this to feel adult. Like, I really didn't want to write a book that felt YA or even, like, NA. And I felt kind of, when I was, like, trying to, I mean, Lilith went through a lot of, like, I went through a lot of different character like growth ideas for her Mm -hmm. um but ultimately then I settled on duty because I do kind of feel like that's a very adult thing to like feel like you have a lot of responsibility um and sometimes like you don't want that responsibility or sometimes you feel like you have to like you know live up to all these expectations and I mean that, that can be like a teen thing too but I feel like the duty part specifically felt like more adult to me and it was like you know you just got to do what you got to do basically like Lilith doesn't necessarily want to do a lot of these as like it starts getting revealed throughout the book she doesn't necessarily she realizes she hasn't really wanted to do some of these things that she's been doing but like it was just kind of like well this is what's expected of me like you have to do what you have to do like this is my responsibility you know and so I think that's kind of like where I was going with it I wanted it to feel more adult and so that's kind of the direction I went with it and when you said it did it did definitely added an adult like feeling to it because I was mentioning this to Jenna as well, I very much felt like it was, I had a feeling of like a YA novel, but at the same time not. Because there was the higher stakes, there was these adult themes where it's just like, okay, someone who is in their teens isn't going to feel this way about having to take care of this responsibility. Right. So I thoroughly enjoyed that because I was like, it's... I feel like the essence of YA is definitely in there, but it's like, no, spice. <laughs> spice, <laughs> but like, spice isn't like, yes, yeah, spice, but like spice isn't like adulting. Adulting is hard. Right. So right. It, it was definitely a very refreshing book, I guess would be the best way to say it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Thank <Yes>. you. <laughs> of course. And can you speak about um, Lilias' character development throughout the book? Yeah, I mean, like, character arcs are always really important to me. I don't know why, but, like, it's really hard for me to write a book if I don't know how the character's going to change from the beginning of the novel to the end. Like, I need to know that. And so I knew that um, she was going to kind of go through, like, growth as far as who she wanted to be when it came to, like, 
being a queen and like what that like meant to her mm-hmm. um and like I said like I didn't really realize it but after go, like going through your questions and stuff mm-hmm. I was like oh I see a lot of like what happened to me when like I started traveling and like leaving you know the country and like moving around the world and seeing other perspectives and it just kind of like widened my worldview and like Mm -hmm. broadened just like my ideas and concepts and all these things and so I feel like the same thing kind of happened or happens with Lilias and um that's kind of her journey and her growth that like she has to go through Mm -hmm. and it was a very good one Um, there was a specific symbolic moment to me that stood out even while I was reading it was the cutting of her hair mm-hmm. and so Lilia is known for having long beautiful illustrious hair and mm-hmm. obviously she's imprisoned so mm-hmm. she kind of just gets a rat's nest and yeah it makes sense you know it makes right. sense <laughs> yeah. um, so she has to cut it so that, that way she has to kind of blend in again because she yeah. kind of looks like a hot mess at the moment um yeah and that to me that moment when I was reading it I was like it was so beautifully done because <laughs> I was like I really enjoyed the fact that you didn't say like okay this is I'm a new person now that I've cut my hair and stuff like that because yeah I feel that tends to happen a lot like I feel like a new person or something like that and she didn't she hated it actually yeah she hated it she hated that transition for her um but then she kind of grew to like love it and so I just wanted to like give you your props and your flowers because that was honestly really 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 well done I so appreciate it. Yeah, I just felt like she needed to, like, go through that moment of, like, shedding her old self, but, like, she wasn't ready yet. Mm -hmm. Like, she was kind of, like, forced to do it, and then Mm -hmm. she just had, like you said, she had to, like, grow into it. Yeah, exactly. And it also, now that I, like, I sort of kind of brought up, um, I can definitely see the screenplay coming in at that point. (laughs) Because it's, like, it's a physical change. It's not, like, a mental change at that point just yeah it's right. a physical change and so right. I can definitely see where it comes in as a screenplay <laughs> <yeah. laughs> um and so there's also a if we were talking about character progression in both Lilith and in Penn mm-hmm. so my con- consistent compliment to you is how well their progression or was thought out and how well it was staged and paced so can you tell us like how you were able to achieve that? I like I don't I don't know if like non-writers know, but there's like a lot of like great beat sheets out there and things like that. And so mm-hmm. like um there's just one I really love called Save the Cat and I use that for like plot and then there's one called Romancing the Beat and I mm-hmm. use that for romance. And so like they're supposed to be separate, but I combine them mm-hmm. for fantasy romance because I feel like you know, Romancing the Beat is, like, purely for, like, romance novels, and then Save the Cat is purely for, like, non-romance novels, but I combine them, um, because I feel like fantasy romance has to have, like, that really important balance of plot Mm -hmm. and romance, and so Mm -hmm. that, like, that really does help me to pace things well, is just making a skeleton and making, like, that outline before I start drafting, like, I'm definitely a plotter, and I need to know where the story is going. And so kind of, like, just using those beat sheets and being able to, like, think out, like, the progression of, like, and and being able to think out, like, how is the plot affecting the romance and how mm-hmm. is the romance affecting the plot, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That really helps me, too. But I think that's just my biggest thing is I'm, I'm just a plotter. And so I'm, like, very methodical mm-hmm. in how I do it. And I like to think about, like, the specific beats of the story and how – those beats are going to like push the characters towards each other and ultimately like help them to, I don't know, grow and um, change and develop feelings and all that stuff. So that's probably my biggest thing. I don't know. I don't have like a super exciting thing. <laughs> no, that's honestly, that's a lot more. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, no, it's no, honestly, that's a lie because I feel a lot of people don't really plot. And I'm not saying that, that you know, there's a specific way that you need to write or anything like that. Yeah. Um, because there's really not, you know, some no. really great books come out of, out of like, no plots whatsoever. And, like, yes. just kind of just writing to write. It's vibing. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I support that. I fully support yeah. that because that's what I do. <laughs> but um, 
when you're able to like visually plot out things as well and like plan it out that honestly that takes a lot of work because what can end up happening is like you let the vibes overtake you while you're writing and you're just like oh okay let me this is this is not going where i wanted it to go so yeah um how do you stop that like how do you stop the characters from overtaking you i like i said i am just super methodical and I'm super mm-hmm. like you know like you said every writer is different and there is like no right way mm-hmm. like what I do for other writers might feel so confining and so constricting because they're like I want to like I want to but I'm just very I have to have things plotted and I have mm-hmm. to have things outlined um I do definitely like there are times where um the story might change a little bit from like my outline because I'm like oh the character's could definitely do this like this is something they would do you know Mm. let's go with that but I am always thinking about the purpose behind Mm. what they do and Mm. I always want to make sure I was also an editor for six years I own my own I quit teaching and I own my own editing business for six years before I went indie and so I think from editing so many different fiction editing business so I think from like editing so many different manuscripts over the years I edited like over 150 manuscripts I think over the six years that I own my business and so like I think that really helped me to hone in on my own writing and like um be really like precise with what I'm doing and like making you know because all the mistakes I saw in um manuscripts I edited like it just Mm -hmm. taught me also to like be a better to you know to how to kind of make my own method more precise I guess Mm -hmm. so like I'm just very methodical in everything I do and if I'm writing a chapter or a scene I'm always thinking what is the purpose behind this and I know some people might not like that because I know some people do like more of like the fluff and they just want like a scene where characters are just you know vibing or whatever that's just like not as much who I am as a writer and like (laughs) there's like nothing wrong with the vibing and there's Mm -hmm. nothing you know there are readers who like that there are writers who like that but like I really like to have a purpose in everything I do and to make sure that um yeah so that kind of keeps me on task like if a character if like I'm like oh this would be really cool if the character did this then I just always ask myself like well what's the purpose like how is this Mm -hmm. moving the story forward or moving the character arc forward or whatever Mm -hmm. so yeah that's really admirable (laughs) that's really admirable (laughs) because yeah I'm not I'm I'm very much I'm the same way like I need things to be like written out and like shoved in my face (laughs) yes (laughs) like visually Um, right so I can definitely understand it but also I'm very lazy so (laughs) I'd very much just be the type to like okay you know just gonna go wherever it's gonna go Um, so you know kudos to you for putting in all that hard work and actually following through with it because thank you (laughs) so yeah that was yeah it was definitely something that I noticed like you your character arcs there was a very there was no I mean there were scenes but all of the scenes served a purpose get down all the (laughs) scenes all the scenes served a purpose and there there was very much no fluff or no there was fluff but it wasn't like fluff like okay it's just there it's just filler you know yeah right and as someone who kind of just like is like okay who's backed up on rx i appreciate that because it's like (laughs) we're getting to the point and we're gonna be there so (laughs) it it maintain a consistency throughout the the book and it was it was very nice to see (laughs) thank you (laughs) and another topic that i really wanted to touch upon was loss Mm -hmm. because both of these characters do experience loss and Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the way that you touched upon this because you were able to allow the people or allow readers to feel the loss, but not bog down the entire vibe of the book. Right. Which I think was, it's a very hard thing to balance. So how do you balance that personally? Like the feelings wise? Yeah. um, I think like, I know that as a writer, my, my strengths have like always lied more in like comedy and so I've tried like I tried to write a fantasy romance um when I still had an agent and I was gonna go the traditional path and like it just fell flat because I made it really serious 
and I tried to like be what other fantasy romance books are you know that I read mm-hmm. that and I love serious fit like I read them they're so good and they're so powerful and like and I'm not saying comedy can't be powerful but like I was just like trying to be something that like I'm not and mm-hmm. I've just realized that like I have to kind of like lean into my writing style and like the comedy and the banter and the sassiness and so like that's always going to shine through so even if there's like some serious parts like I just have to like lean into who I am as a writer um because if I don't like I know like the other fantasy romance book I wrote just it totally fell flat and did not work at all because I was trying to just you know make it so serious and no comedy and it has to be like powerful and you know Mm -hmm. meaningful and dark and um yeah and like I've just kind of realized that's like kind of a part of like me growing as a writer like Mm -hmm. I've realized that's just not who I am at least not right now maybe someday in the future I could write a book like that but like Mm -hmm. right now so I think that's just like levity is like something that I like to just have in all my books like Mm -hmm. so even if there's a serious moment then I like to like balance it out with like the levity because ultimately like I do like to write happier slightly more lighthearted books like that's Mm -hmm. just what I like to write I like to read all sorts of books but that's specifically what I like to write so yeah so (laughs) I it was yeah that was one of my days because I recently I was scarred not scarred okay I was um I was scarred by an art that I read a while like I want to say last year where it was talking about grief and it was just like it was a fantasy and it was just grief and grief and grief yeah I was just like (laughs) all right (laughs) and like maybe that's important for some people to read at some moment you know what Mm. I mean but yeah that's I can't write like that that's just not it would be too hard and I mean I think also like I write books that like I want to escape into like Mm -hmm. you know I experienced grief this last year and my dad died of liver cancer and like it was really hard and so I feel like I write books to escape as much as like I want to read books to escape so like it would be really hard for me to deal with like the you know the seriousness and all the hard things that are going on in the world if I was also like writing that super you know yeah serious like that would be hard for me so I feel like I also need to write that just like for me to keep things like light and funny and you know Mm -hmm. my condolences first of all thank you um but yes you do a really great job of balancing the comedy and like with the seriousness in the moments um so it was really nice to see that and it was nice to read it because I'm a very happy person I like to be happy (laughs) so um, I like to read happy things um right so it was definitely nice to see that and you know some people definitely deal with grief differently so being able to you know provide that like some people deal with grief in a way that's like not acceptable which is yeah. like laughing and you know it's just right so it was nice to see that definitely and having that type of humor was nice to come upon in like a yeah where it was like you know fantasy is a very dense um it's very dense and so it yes. can easily become overwhelmed with plot and yes. you did and romance is romance right and the way that you were able to get both of them together and actually create some a fantasy novel that was like it's a fantasy novel but it's also a romance novel yeah and i definitely appreciated that because a lot of times it ends up happening it's like oh this is a romance novel in a fantasy era yeah type of thing so right Yours was very much like, oh, no, this is a fantasy world. We're living in it. We're creating things within the fantasy world, but we also have romance. So I think that you do such a really great job of balancing that. And kudos to you. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) And also, you were talking about how you wanted to, you use writing as a way to escape because you want something to make you happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I wanted to touch upon that because we had talked about it slightly is writing for yourself versus writing for other people. Mm-hmm. 
for me, writing with a purpose was very much, it's both writing for yourself, but it's also writing for other people because you're making sure that all of your words have intention. Mm -hmm. Um, But also writing for yourself through your humor was, that's honestly such a good balance as well. And Mm -hmm. you're just a really well-balanced out writer, by the way. (laughs) I don't feel like it sometimes, but thank you. (laughs) Really? No, you definitely are. Well, I mean, from the authors that I read, but I also read a lot of smiles. So there's, you know... (laughs) There's that, but you, your, your books and well, this book in general, because obviously I'm only read, but um, it's really, really well balanced in a lot of the aspects that I feel like can be missed easily or can be overwhelmed. Yeah. So, thank good job. you. <laughs> <laughs> and if any of you guys ever need any like insight as to how sassy this book can be, one of my favorite quotes in this book because of how just like. It's it's iconic. It's an iconic line to me, honestly. It's lines saying, "My strengths lay in other areas like being a smartass and being pretty." <laughs> that was Queen. That was Queen material right there. I love it. I love how she Thank acknowledged you for the full quote. Like that's perfect. <laughs> I'm always looking. At, like it's so hard to make my own full mm-hmm. quotes, you know? Because I'm like, I don't know what lines are good, but that was amazing. <laughs> yeah that was i honestly i saw it and i was just like this is this is like actually iconic (laughs) she acknowledges she's pretty and she knows where her strengths are and they're just not with there (laughs) we love a self-aware queen (laughs) and then another one to balance out you know the amazingness is just so you know you're not alone which i thought was very very sweet of him to say I know he's a softy. Under all that brooding, <laughs> such a softy. I genuinely fell in love with him because it was you did such a good job with like not verbalizing but actions wise. We spoke about this how he takes his steps towards Lilith. She doesn't recognize him immediately, right. but when it's like brought to her attention, it's like oh. And as a reader, you're no- you're noticing these steps because you're like. Yeah. You know, you can't be oblivious, girl. Right. <laughs> um, so it Get was it very, together. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it was very, very sweet to see a lot of those, like, little steps being taken by him. And yeah. it's just, like, knowing that there's that motivation behind each of those steps just made those moments a lot sweeter. Like, specifically yeah. the tavern. The tavern scene. It was, in the moment, you're like, why is he here? And then you're like, oh, I, I know why you're here. You're not going to say it, but I know why you're yeah. here. And then, like, it later is, like, proven to be correct. You're just like. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, it was it was definitely something that I love to see. It was, it was really good. <laughs> and you, so. I'm assuming because you had mentioned it briefly that each book is going to focus on a different couple, but mm-hmm. it is an overarching like a theme or villain or mm-hmm. end goal. Yeah. Um, so when someone, I don't know if this is going to be too spoily or not. Okay. Um, Cover your ears if you haven't read the book. <laughs> so when someone passes away or is unalived, um, it's there's a quote that says, "You didn't win; they are coming for you." Mm-hmm. So one, I enjoy the cliffhanger, but it not being like a full cliffhanger, but still being a cliffhanger. By the way, yeah, because like your epilogue, I feel <clears throat> resolves the relationship. Mm-hmm. but not the overarching thing so i was just like right. it it makes sure that you're like you know the the relationship is nice and tight and like packing right. a little in its book but right. the overall goal is still there right and i feel like that could easily be forgotten so i was like i loved it i loved it <laughs> <laughs> so and with the character that was featured the most in this book is it safe to say that gabrielle's gonna get is gonna be your next person it is <laughs> okay oh my god okay so here's another thing have you i'm I'm assuming you haven't but have you ever heard of Le- legend of zelda legend of zelda yes okay mm-hmm. have you ever played breath of the wild or ever seen yes. someone 
Okay. My husband and I have. We didn't finish it, which is insane. Like, how did we not finish it? It was so good. But yeah, we did. No, it's okay. I haven't finished it either. For a while. (laughs) It was, it was like, I think it was like a COVID thing too as well. Like people were super obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's something that I was like, I have no idea why, but it gave me that vibe. When they were traveling through Gabrielle's kingdom, I just kept getting the Water Kingdom vibes from Legend of Zelda. Oh my gosh, I honestly didn't even think of that, but like my subconscious could have totally, but yeah, no, that's great. Like I, that is, that works really well. Like I was literally reading this and I was like, why does this feel so familiar? And then I was like, this is reading as if like how I would, how I would write down the Water Kingdom to be of in Legend of Zelda. So yeah. I just wanted to like say like, that was as someone like who's really into Legend of Zelda. And that was really, <laughs> that was really fun to see. And I was just like, oh my god, what the hell? That's so cool. That like, yeah, that does actually, yeah, I can totally see that. I yeah. see the connection. And it's based. It's mainly like in the entrance scene of how they're brought into the kingdom mm-hmm. because it, mm-hmm. during the beginning of the like the entrance to the game, there's that little cut scene. And it, it was just giving that vibe. So yeah. I literally just kept imagining the Legend of Zelda, like Water Kingdom while I was reading. No, I love she that. Was there. <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice. That was nice. Um, I just wanted to bring it up because I was just like, I wasn't sure if that was like an inspiration or not. Um, not like on purpose, mm-hmm. but not, like, like I said, it totally could have like been in my, <laughs> you know, in the back of my mind because mm-hmm. I did. I went through like a period in like 20. 21 you know or 20 early 2021 me and my husband were like obsessed with Zelda we were like playing it every day (laughs) yeah I was just I just thought it was funny uh okay so first I did want to thank you for being here um I really did appreciate you being on the show with us and agreeing to do the interview with us because I honestly really enjoyed the book (laughs) um but also I from I thought you were an indie like I thought you this was your debut novel and I was just like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> anyway <laughs> um uh, yeah no so I'll go back and read the other ones um <laughs> that it was really good and really well thought out um in regards to your process you say that you tend to focus a lot in your characters and um their development and you tend to have a very visual type of what am I doing where is this going what's the mm-hmm. purpose what since that's your process, what would you say are some tips that you would give to other aspiring authors so they can succeed? I honestly feel like the most important thing is to find what works for you and to, um, to stick with that. Because like I said, like, I feel like you can look at what other people are doing and be like, Oh my God, like they're so successful. Like, look at them. They're doing this and doing that. And you can like, kind of let that clutter up your process and you think you have to do what others are doing but then you try and it doesn't work and you think like well I'm just not like cut out for this or you know like for the longest time I thought like I can't write fantasy like I just I I was writing rom-coms for a long time like contemporary when I had an agent because I just didn't think I could do fantasy um and so yeah I just think it's like so important to like experiment figure out what works for you and then like stick with it like don't feel like you need to replicate you know other people's processes mm-hmm. to be success to be successful I think that's my biggest piece of advice I love that I love that <laughs> <laughs> and we slightly touch upon this as well um what's next for you like- yeah so I'm I am actually halfway through drafting the second book in the series, which is, Mm. yep, Gabrielle's story. So I'm like insanely excited about it. Um, Yeah, I'm having so much fun drafting it and I just like cannot wait um, for it to come out. I think um, I'm shooting for like a late spring, early summer 2024 release for book two. So yeah. We'll see how that goes. I love that. Are you, is this going to be your main, is this series going to be your main focus for like the next year or however long? Yeah, it is. I'm kind of, I'm right now, I have planned like a five book series. So I I have five um, 
yeah and I pretty much like kind of know like the overall arc of like Mm -hmm. the series so um I'm hoping that I'll be able to release the first three books in the series this year and then the next two books Mm -hmm. um the last two books in like or you know the first half of next year and then I I in my mind I do have like a spinoff series Mm -hmm planned idea you know formed for this but we'll just like see how it goes I don't want to I don't like to make promises or anything you just never know like what life's gonna throw at you but yeah. that's kind of like I do have like a long game kind of planned mm-hmm. out for this whole thing so okay okay and so I guess that was also my way of digging to see if you had any other like universes you were trying to create as well <laughs> yeah it's definitely in my mind. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Keep that in mind too. Okay. All right. So I do, like I said, I, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to speak with me because I really did appreciate it. And I am happy that we did get you on the show because. Well, I'm like so honored that you guys invited me on your show. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No, of course. And I'm, I, like I said, I really do hope this book becomes super duper popular. I'm going to do my utmost best to make sure everyone <laughs> knows that this book is truly, truly something that needs to be read. Because um, I think you deserve it. I think this is, oh, like I said, you. I think this is a very, this needs to be the next big book because it's so good. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Stop. <laughs> I'm gonna be see, I'm gonna be standing in lines now. <laughs> I'm gonna be standing in lines and be like, I interviewed her. <laughs> like I need her signature. <laughs> and it's gonna be a two-hour oh long wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did. Like I said, I do want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me. I really did appreciate it. Um, and also, thank you for the ARC, because I know I wasn't originally on your ARC team, but you did invite me, so we're lost in it, and I appreciated of it of so much, because it became one of my favorite books of the year. So, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I really, really do appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Alrighty then. So, good girls, we will catch you on the next episode, when hopefully Jenna is here. Um, <laughs> but, please make sure you do check out T's book, A Mirror of Malice. It is absolutely amazing. We will go ahead and link her book and her socials in the description, or wherever you're finding us at. You'll find it in the description. Um, and, if there's any updates for you that you know where to find us um good girls read after dark pod on instagram and then it's something different on tiktok don't we'll figure it out we'll put it we'll put it in, we'll put it in the description okay it's hard to remember all of these with all of these uh, name tags um but yeah you can definitely take a look at her um goodies and check out her other books as well <laughs> thank you thank you